Hello and welcome to Trainer's Voice, brought to you by Guardian Angel Equine Services, a podcast created for the busy equestrians in mind for on-the-go training, chat, and learning. My goal as a trainer is to help improve horses' lives and performance by educating and helping their owners. These episodes are my opinions based on my knowledge from research and experience. Feel free to ask any questions. All my links are always in the show notes. guys welcome back so today I have um, we're gonna be talking about like truly problem-solving at the horse show I meant to do um, a vlogish type for YouTube and because I'm helping run the horse show it's quite it was quite a very long difficult weekend and so I just kind of forgot oh excuse me just forgot about the whole thing. I was just like, whatever. Um, to kind of put things into perspective, Saturday alone, I had over 20,000 steps and it was chaotic. Rhythm did our exhibitions and didn't do very well, which is going to lead us into our conversation today. But I did get vetting out, got to ride him a little bit. So it, it was what it was. It was a pretty good weekend overall though. So Rhythm didn't do very well. She tried to buck, um, did a little crow hop. I really didn't give her the opportunity to buck, but it has brought up the why in my life. And we had a horse trainer there to do some demonstrations, and I got to talking to him, not really about rhythm, but uh, we got to talking about uh, there was something that we saw in the warm-up pen that I made a comment about, and then he made a comment about, and then I made a comment back, and then it got just kind of going back and forth, and then bounced um, our ideas off and stuff. Long story short, he was like, I'd love to do a clinic with you sometime. Like, you are very knowledgeable and well-spoken. Like, I would I, I would love to have you in a clinic and do a demonstration and stuff like that. Now, I'm and my head was like, that would be fabulous. And it was a huge confidence booster. But anyway, aside from that, um, we were talking about problems and that we were seeing in the warm-up plant in the warm-up pen and got to talking about a little bit of problem solving. And we kind of both had the same train of thought as far as problem solving goes. My conclusion or my thing is I feel like when it comes to problem solving, we we as people only really scratch the surface. We don't truly solve a problem. And I think that that is a, a big issue in especially speed event horses. Um, I, I see less of that problem solving in speed events. And so uh, I feel like we kind of leave the whole, well, check my saddle fit or change my saddle, change my saddle pad, change my bit, change my range, change my shirt. All of these things I think we see as problem solving, but yet that's not truly problem solving. That's only like scratching the surface of some nonsense, um, of things that really don't even matter. And I think also too, the people that like a lot of people don't even problem solve they just throw a behavioral issue on it or label on it and go and move on. And then their horse pretty much just suffers through whatever. 
or you have people who think they're problem solving, change the bit or whatever, maybe label it as possible behavior issues uh, and move on. And they're only really scratching the surface and or assuming they know what the problem is. And by scratching the surface, I mean things that are such as changing your tack or your shirt or your hair color, whatever makes you feel better. But uh, to me, another scratching the surface type is going to be like treating for ulcers or, you know, while that is deeper and much better than just changing your tack or adding on some spurs, whatever, you know, while that is deeper, I think we fail a lot of times in digging deeper to solve the problem. I see a lot of masking or putting a band-aid over issues, throwing a tie down on it, throwing a bonnet on it, or taking one off, whatever. And I think that we try all of these little things and our first attempts are to save money. And I get that and I know why we do that because I've been there, done that, guilty as charged. But I think that we don't ever dig deeper and truly solve it. So today I'm gonna go over rhythm situation that I have and what my true problem solving is. So over the weekend, as I mentioned, uh, Rhythm crow hopped on both of her exhibition runs. I didn't even ask her to lope or run out um, because I kind of had a suspicion in the beginning that something was going on. But again, scratching the surface, I assumed it was her nerves. She didn't haul very well. She didn't load very well. She didn't take the trip very well. Um, she didn't stall very well. She barely ate. She barely drank. So I took it pretty easy on her. And my first initial thing was assuming that it was pretty much just nerves, which a big portion of it could have been. But when she started crow hopping, that is when I was like, okay, we've got to dig deeper. And I think a lot of us tend to miss these signs, including me. And I think that there were probably some signs that I missed before even hauling her to the fairgrounds. Um, and so this is why we're taking a step back and trying to bring everybody in with me so that way people don't make the same mistakes I've made. Now, yes, I caught it pretty earlier and earlier than what some other people would have caught it, but here's the thing. I start to think about what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, what is correlating with it, and then I start to form a list. Now, of course, as always, you know, finances can be a bind sometimes. And so I try to do a list and do whatever's going to fit first. So like if I have a budget to go ahead and schedule the vet appointment and get that going, I'll do that. If I see that there might be some things that I haven't done yet at home that I want to do, such as, again, scratching the surface, treating for ulcers, whatever, then I may try to do those when I, and then when I have my budget for the vet later, we'll do that later. So by what I mean later, though, and I don't mean by pushing it off for months, I, I do not mean that. If a horse is having issues, I do not like to push that off forever 
And that is why I form a game plan. Now, what's my game plan? So the first thing is I look at the behavior and she, while she's done a lot better on the ground as far as doing maneuvers and stuff under saddle, she's not doing well. And she is really uh, flicking her tail. Now, she is a tail swisher. And I believe that there are horses who do that just out of whatever. But I've really kind of pinpointed her meanings behind her tail swishing. So I know when she's pretty much just whatever she her attitude is or whenever there's something underlining it. And so I first pinpoint in my video, there it is. That means this. So something's bothering her as far as like probably most likely pain and really recognizing, okay, are we obviously lame in our gait? Um, is it mainly issues around turning? How, what are we doing here? And so what I've pinpointed is that the biggest issues are when she is turning and uh, when she is going into a lope. Now, she was vetted already and vetted to be sound at the lameness exam. I was there. We took x-rays. Everything was good. But we pretty much did from the, from the stifles, stifles, uh, from the, uh, yeah, stifles down. And we didn't do anything around the pelvis, the SI, or anything like that. SI was a concern from our last vet like three-ish years ago when I had her before because we injected her hawks. Um, and so while her hawks are clear now, we vetted, uh, we haven't checked that stifle. So for me, also knowing the history is also going to help figure out how, where I want to, um, start with all these things. And then I also try to, uh, get a good idea as far as like getting not necessarily second opinions, but reaching out to people who I know are knowledgeable and or have had issues in certain areas um, and kind of get other people's ideas. So that way I can create a list from there. So if majority of the people I'm talking to say, okay, I would check the SI here, or I, maybe the majority are saying hawks, or maybe the majority are saying spine, you know, then that is going to probably weigh where I want to start first. So that way I'm not just wasting money by checking something that really isn't concluding to be either hawks or fetlock or stifles, you know, things like that. But I'm doing this with educated people. So vets or really good trainers that I know, um, or, you know, a range of people. So that to me, as far as someone who's on a budget and because I train outside horses, I tend to run into that a lot where the owner can't budget enough to be like, okay, just x-ray the whole body, you know, or let's just go and ultrasound this, this, and this, you know? So like the, this is my reasoning for trying to do all, all of that. So anyway, moving on. So um, with all that being said, 
when I form my list, so what I have gathered for rhythm right now is what we are going to do is, one, I have not treated ulcers, so we are going to keep that on our mind and do that, but after talking to her vet, what we're going to do is a butte trial. So we're going to give her butte for a few days. We're going to see if that changes anything. So that way, if it changes, you know, we obviously have a pain aspect. Um, I do believe horses have learned behaviors uh, as well as that. And I do feel like swishing the tail. It, a lot of them are like a learned behavior um, from could be past. Now, I don't necessarily believe that with rhythm. But I do believe that in some cases that, you know, that is a learned behavior. So that is why I pay attention really closely to tail swishing as far as how I, how I determine what it means. Because, you know, I'm not one of those people that thinks, oh, the horse is swishing their tail. They're always in pain. But <clears throat> anyway, moving on. So I did reach back out to her vet who did her lameness exam. They're pretty stumped as well. As far as, you know, she was very, very sound at her exam and bright and happy and all the things. She's not palpating to be sore as a massage therapist. So that's another thing we'll get into. Um, she's not palpating to be sore. So obviously we want to continue diagnostics, but where do we start with that? So we're first going to determine um, pain as far as a butte trial. So knowing that, okay, if it helps, well, then we know there's a pain aspect somewhere that will help us determine that over a behavioral issue. Now, given the amount of um, behavior I'm getting from her feedback, I do 100% believe there's pain somewhere. Now, I just don't know where and how to go about it. So what we're going to do is start with the butte. Just confirm. Um, and because that's going not going to require another vet visit, uh, it's just easier to start there. Again, not because of budgets. But um, after that, we're going to be talking about kind of other things that we can do. So other things to kind of cut down. So this is where we kind of split when I'm talking to clients. So you can spend the money, go back to the vet, which is typically highly recommended. Um, or because I am a massage therapist, it's very convenient for me to palpate, check soreness in specific areas. Um, check soreness in specific areas, being able to do therapy, taping, all these things um, to help determine maybe an area that could be of an issue. That also helps me kind of connect um, a, a, what's the word? Not history, but um, consistency as far as are we usually sore here? Are we usually sore here? all the things. So um, it's very convenient for me to do that. And so typically that's usually my next go-to um, during all of this is first palpating 
doing a massage, doing some therapy, doing some stretches and determining, you know, where I feel like we might need to, what area we might need to start at as far as, okay, so we're having some hind end issues, um, that I would like to start here with these x-rays. So I'm very demanding when I go to the vet. A lot of vets don't like me, but, um, it, to me, it, it has helped me save money in the past and I'm not, and I'm not demanding. Okay. I determined that I feel like this is a hawk issue. I need hawk x-rays. Like that's not like I'm going very general area. So like I'm determining the hindquarters or the forequarters, um, head or neck area, you know, which can also typically always result to, you know, um, compensation. So while the pro where I'm seeing a majority of a soreness at may, may be the uh, problem of compensation, not the prime source. This is where problem solving really to me is only scratching the surface. And I don't feel like people truly problem solve because to truly problem solve is to find the problem. And that is because we are only scratching the surface. We could be finding a problem that has developed because of compensation from the original problem. So anyway, so it's very convenient for me to be a therapist. Um, with that being said, where I talk about we splitting is because if I wasn't, then that is something I would reach out for is you could either spend the money and go ahead and go to the vet, or you can spend money on a therapist to help you with these things, help you with exercises to help build certain areas and all, all these things. Um, and then potentially still have to go and pay for a vet later, which is why I said that, you know, I highly recommend the vet first and then going to the therapist if needed. But that's why like, it's so convenient for me to be a therapist because all of my horses who are under my care, I typically, as long as the owner has okayed it, I do discounted therapy on their horses. So it's much less pricier to do that versus reaching out for another therapist. So anyway, that's kind of what we do. I create my list. So our plan with rhythm. First, I have done a massage. I've palpated her. I've tried to kind of determine where we might be having a roundabout issues. As a therapist, I've determined the hindquarter areas, possibly including the spinal um, back area. So I think that those are probably going to be our main concerns areas, and the problem may be within those areas. So now what we have done is I have a general area. I've started therapy as far as red light therapy. We're doing some stretches. We're doing some groundwork as far as hill work. So backing and uh, going up and down hills. We've started trot poles, uh, stretching, all the things to help build the things. These things will also help me be able to monitor as the soreness getting worse or is it getting prominent in one more in, a, in an area, you know, things like that. But doing this, I have to be very careful about compensation. So if the pain is really, really bad, she may compensate and then overcompensate and create another problem. So again, this is why a therapist is very, very 
important when we're deciding to do these things. So now that I've started that, we're going to move into our butte trial. And she is not palpating to be sore anywhere. I've determined the back, spine, and hindquarters area due to the last vet a couple years ago when we injected her hawks and kind of what I am seeing now as a therapist and reviewing her video and after getting another very intelligent therapist and another vet and her vet that she's seeing all agreeing that we're probably in that area. So with that, we start the butte trial and then we determine, is it better? So is the pain worse, a little better or the same or gone? You know, so we're determining the grade of what we're looking at on the butte trial. So once we determine that, then we determine, okay, well, how bad is this? And what diagnostics do we need going from there? And then we go on to help with um, strength training, corrective training, um, checking, things like that. So other things you can do as well before you reach out to a vet is going to be, if you know a equine dentist that'll come out and just check for teeth at a very low cost, that's very convenient. Um, but I typically check feet first, then teeth. And uh, I'll sometimes have a chiropractor come out um, and then talk to a therapist um, and talk to a vet. So those are all things. And depending on the situation, I usually talk to a nutritionist as well um, and make sure that our nutrition is in good ra uh, ratios and they're getting em enough rations, things like that. So all of these things are great things to start with. And some of them are very um, low cost versus just jumping right to a vet. If you have a good relationship with your vet, there are some questions such as, you know, they might help you um, through a butte trial before having to bring the horse in. Um, so after the butte trial, we'll kind of determine, okay, what was the grade after the butte trial? And then kind of going from there, uh, continuing the strength training and all these things, corrective stuff, um, and calling it from there. Uh, but that's kind of where we're at with rhythm. And that is what I really call our problem solving. So to the ulcer, um, treating ulcers is also kind of a way um, we can help determine uh, that as well. It's kind of cheaper than uh, it's kind of cheaper than uh, calling the vet out right away as well. And so your vet might help you out with that. Um, so what my plan is after the butte trial, and we kind of determine that, then I will treat her for ulcers. Um, and then go from there as far as consulting with the vet. Um, but those are some basic things to start with when problem solving, truly problem solving. And then the main thing is finding the actual problem. So I hope all of that makes 
since I know I ramble a lot, um, and these are not like pre-thought out or written down or anything, so uh, I hope kind of all that made sense, and just, you know, just making sure that you're digging deep enough to take care of the true problem, and, you know, just creating a list of things, and I it's okay if you need to wait your next paycheck to go to the vet, you know, there's a couple things that you can do, even if it's just like areas that, you know, maybe you need to do some strength training or something, uh, like doing cavalettis or, you know, um, hill work or anything like that, um, to just kind of help in any situation, you know, depending on what the problem is. I just think that it's very important that we, uh, make sure that we are trying to actually solve the problem versus covering it up. And um, I just feel like we, we tend to forget that a lot. And there's lots of things, depending on what your situation is, that you can do. Like I said, you know, check the feet, check the teeth, check saddle fitting, check uh, the bit. Maybe you need to um, bit down or change the mouthpiece or um, <clears throat> while that is not, as I said, that's just like not going to always solve your problem, but those are just things that you can do in the meantime. Now, I'm not saying that changing your saddle, changing your bit, changing your shirt are bad things and that you shouldn't do them. I just think that we need to remember to dig deeper and make sure that we are taking care of the problem. So, uh, that's just kind of my two cents on true problem solving. Um, if anyone has any questions or would like help to create like a list of things, uh, I think I'm going to create a, um, PDF of kind of how I go about things and that will be shared on my uh, Facebook group, um, hopefully in maybe a couple weeks and, uh, kind of go from there, but, uh, I hope all of that makes sense, and if anyone needs help, you know, just reach out, all my links are always in the show notes, and we'll talk to y'all later, bye.